Grace to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We stand at the brink of a precipice, ready to go over the edge. It's like being at the zenith of a monster roller coaster, ready to go over that biggest first drop. The ride is just about to get going. But here we are, hanging for one last brief moment. That is what the fourth Sunday in Advent sometimes feels like, with Christmas and its grandest of celebrations just down below, patiently awaiting our arrival. Waiting is an important part of life, as it truly tests our patience and increases our appreciation for what is to come. Delayed gratification is an undervalued treasure in today's world. We want and we crave immediate satisfaction in all things. We cannot wait for the troubles to be resolved and struggles to disappear. All the while, not appreciating the faith that is strengthened within us through it all. Ahaz, king of Judah, felt a similar impatience. He and all of Judah were sitting on a precipice as well. From his position perched atop of Jerusalem, atop the mountains of Zion, Ahaz knew that enemies lurked down below. Raisin, king of Syria, had lent his support to Remaliah, the king of Israel, Judah's family in the north. These kings intended to invade Jerusalem and to conquer her. But they were not yet able. This left King Ahaz in great turmoil, in great distress, with his Heart and the heart of his people, shaking as the trees of the forest shake before the wind. These words from just before our Old Testament text add the context for Isaiah 7, 14 and beyond. Ahaz, king of Judah, need not fear, for Yahweh God was truly with him and on his side. And so Yahweh God told Isaiah the great prophet, Go to King Ahaz and give him my word. Reassure him of my presence with Judah. The words to the king, Do not let your heart be faint because of these two smoldering stumps of firebrands. Would not such words bring you comfort? In the midst of your struggles, hearing God Almighty calling your worst threats mere smoldering stumps, well on their way out, not really a threat at all. Truly, this is how all of God's enemies are before His might and before His power, mere wisps of smoke. You need not fear either. Dear people of God, 
God had spoken His word of comfort to King Ahaz through the prophet Isaiah. And God gave a physical and visible sign most often to accompany His word to His people. To allow the hearers of His word good and solid reason for believing His word to be truth. And so this again, God directs Ahaz to do. Ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be as deep as Sheol or as high as heaven. Whatever you want to ask, I will grant it so that you will believe my word to be true. God commands this for Ahaz's comfort so that he can take sure confidence in the midst of all the struggle awaiting him that God is truly on his side and with him. Now, historically, Ahaz was not a very faithful or good king. He allowed the worship of other gods within the realm of Judea, put his trust in earthly means and earthly ways. And so it comes as little surprise then that King Ahaz would refuse this actual command of God. I will not ask, he says. I will not put the Lord to the test, he says in great piety. Now, these are words the Lord Jesus would later use against Satan to resist his temptations. The difference? Here, God is giving permission to Ahaz to ask for a sign. This is not testing God at all, as Ahaz assumes, but simply obeying him. But again, Ahaz would not. And yet, Yahweh God would not be deterred, would not be distracted. I insist, says God, so much so that I myself will then give you the sign. And here it is. A visible sign to go with my word of promise that you will defeat your enemies, that the kingdom of all Judah will remain forever. Behold. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, King Ahaz would not live to see that sign ultimately fulfilled. But the next part of Isaiah's prophecy, he would. For before the boy knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land whose two kings you dread, they will be deserted. So in the very nearby future, the enemies you fear, they will be no more. So this Word of God, you can count on. Not much else is known about King Ahaz following this Word of God unto him. But God Himself would not forget this sign to His people. God's chosen people throughout their history remained on the edge of a precipice, awaiting the long-promised Messiah. And it would be many more centuries, many more generations to pass before they would finally begin their descent down the hill and begin their journey with the Christ. God insisted on giving that sign to King Ahaz, and he greatly desired to keep it. 
This was His plan for salvation, after all. And you can be sure that God Himself was excited to see it all fulfilled, all play out just as He had scripted in His most perfect timing in the fullness of time. And when that time did truly come, the angel Gabriel appeared to a virgin named Mary of the house and of the lineage of David herself, according to Luke's genealogy of the Christ. And the virgin did conceive within her womb the Holy Son of God, all by God's powerful Word. And at that moment, God's sign had been fulfilled, and the descent down the slope of salvation had begun. God has been more than willing to accompany His word of promise with a sign. But it is always on His terms. Many Christians spend far too much time in their lives looking for signs from God to confirm their ideas or to solidify their future hopes and dreams. The Lord God never promises such signs. Nor are we to test God by seeking such signs. Now Mary is permitted to question the angel Gabriel about the conception of the baby within her womb. Perhaps this is so because Mary herself is the virgin in the sign promised long ago through Isaiah. But Zechariah, the father of John the baptizer, was not permitted to question Gabriel. Joseph gets visited by an angel as well, but is never given such a sign other than the promise of what is about to happen. And yet the birth of Jesus into this world, into creation itself, is the sign that fulfills Isaiah's words from long ago. And it is the chief sign that God's plan of salvation is in full effect with His only begotten Son now completely joined with our human race. And while that plan of God's salvation has been revealed in Jesus, patience is still needed. The boy Jesus must still grow up and become a man. He must face every temptation you and I face. And he must resist each of those temptations of thought, of word, of deed. He must live this life perfectly, without fail, so that he can then be our perfect substitute, pleasing to God as the sacrifice for our sin. And in so doing, Jesus then will be able to do what His Father has sent Him here to do. His chief purpose, to win for us forgiveness, life, salvation. And this triad of holiest of gifts comes wrapped up in Jesus' righteousness, exchanged for our sinfulness in His own death upon the cross. And Jesus' resurrection then from the dead three days later, it will be the ultimate sign of the conquering of sin and of death. For they can no longer touch Him in any way, shape, or form. 
And with the victory won, what is left is to proclaim that victory into all the world. And even with that victory won and secured, patience is still necessary. The end has not yet come. This world of sin, of destruction, of chaos, of corruption continues on with the creation and with the saints of God still on the edge of a precipice, longing for the full redemption to be revealed. God has promised it. That great and glorious day that it is coming when Jesus will return in His glory. And He has promised that forgiveness of sins, life and salvation are truly ours, truly yours, even now as we speak. And He has even accompanied that word of promise with signs, with marks to be seen, to be felt, to be heard. Baptism is a fully physical act that places you squarely in the family of God, with the water as that visible sign, that visible mark and representation of that Word of God which is attached to it. And the Lord's Supper truly gives you Christ's own body and blood for the forgiveness of all your sins with the bread and the wine being those true visible signs of God's Word present in those means. And so what a blessing it is truly to be able to touch, to receive into our mouths, into our very hands, and into our ears the Word of God, the very forgiveness of sins. Christ is one on the cross. It is what God insisted that you have the assurance of your salvation even now as you await Christ's final advent unto you on that great and final day. So down the precipice we now go to the celebration of Christ's dear birth. Even now as we await still at the zenith of another hill the arrival of that triumphant day when you will rise again in glory and all because God the Father Almighty has insisted, and He has made it so in Jesus. Amen. The peace that passes all human understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.